What's up, independent insurance agents? Are you finally fed up with the massive amounts of time, money, resources being allocated to customer service within your agency? Is this causing your agency growth and revenue to become stagnant or even decline? The answer to this frustration is Glovebox, the premier mobile and web self-servicing solution made by successful independent insurance agents just like us, specifically for independent insurance agencies. Guys, this is the only platform with direct carrier connections. Glovebox gives your clients the power to engage within their writing carriers and you, their agency, in a single, easy-to-use platform. Mention the Insurance Guys podcast and get 20% off of your monthly subscription for life, guys. For life. This isn't an intro deal. This is for life. Schedule your demo with Glovebox today. Thanks. Insurance agents from around the world, welcome to the Insurance Guys podcast. My name is Scott Howell, your fearless host and leader, insurance agency owner and insurance evangelist for I Protect Insurance and Financial Services, based out of Huntsville, Alabama. And before we get started on today's episode, please help me welcome, he is a six foot three sophomore from Saraland, Alabama, parade first team All-American, rivals five-star recruit. He is a fantastic insurance agent and a great American. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together and welcome the incomparable Mr. Bradley Flowers. How are you, Bradley? Great, Scott. How are you today? First podcast back together. Virtual hug. Virtual hug. Ladies and gentlemen, Bradley Flowers is back in the fold. He's been pregnant for the last three months, two months. Bradley, how does it feel to be back on the IGP podcast? It's good. It's good, man. You know, had a good two months off. You you held the fort down phenomenally, I will say. Wow. So yeah, it's things get a routine, you know, with a two month old, you, as soon as you get into a routine, that that is no longer your routine. So right. Has it been overwhelming coming back into the office, just kind of getting back in the rhythm of things or not really because I have an awesome team. They pretty much handled it. You know, we had no insurance agency things kind of pending. You know, it's been more like the stuff I do in the industry that's kind of been taken because like there's several people that are like just waiting on me to come. But uh, no, only had, you know, we had two client issues that come up, that came up that were pretty bad, both of which turned out okay that I had to get involved in while I was out. The first one was just a pissed off client that I had, I was aware of. And I listened in on some of the calls, but we didn't do anything wrong. And then uh, the second one was an audit issue. I had to get involved in right like the week before I came back. But Gucci, like it was it was great. Bradley, Bradley, do me a favor. We have a huge announcement to make today. This is something that we've been working on for quite a while now. Ladies and gentlemen, it is our profound honor today to open up the podcast by talking about our one city world tour in Denver, Colorado. I believe it's January the 12th through the 14th. Bradley, January give our the lead. 20th and the 21st. Oh, I'm sorry. 20th through the 21st. My apologies. Brutalize that. Sorry. January 20th through the 21st. Bradley, tell our audience about the One City World Tour and what we're going to be doing. It's been a goal of Scott and mine to do an event for a long time. So essentially what we've done is we've partnered with Glovebox for the Insurance Guys <laughs> Glovebox One City World Tour in Denver, Colorado. Uh, it's going to be... We're only selling 100 tickets. The best 100 insurance agents in the country are going to be there. We've got some phenomenal speakers, David Carruthers, Daniel Song, of course, Andy and Ryan, Mick Hunt. Mick Hunt is going to come and Mick Hunt built a bajillion dollar agency and sold it and is now doing agency training, things like that. Got a phenomenal lineup of speakers, networking, 
venue, Mile High Stadium. If you're going to do it, do it big. So we would love to have you guys there. If you want to get early access, we're selling early bird tickets right now. That ends December the 1st. Uh, The website is onecityworldtour.com. And uh, you can actually go on there as of today and buy tickets. So there's only 100 tickets. So, you know, get them quick. And is it one city is in the number one or, or one is in O-N-E one? Spelled out. Spelled out. One city world tour. That's awesome. I'm so excited to be a part of that. I think it's going to be phenomenal. You know, our, our mission there is going to be to help each and every agency out there grow, learn, grow, become bigger. We're going to do the $100 million agency giveaway. Uh, which is a huge deal. One one podcast listener is going to get a, I guess, basically a hundred hundred million dollar agency owner's instruction on how to build a one hundred million dollar agency, personalized. Yeah. And there's a lot of there's a lot of parts to that. There's a year of coaching. Um, we've got my, my marketing company, Plimsoll Media. We're donating a year. You know, you're going to get a year of essentially brand content content creation. Um, the link to enter that contest is in the show notes of this. Uh, Johnny's been putting it in there. And then we've got some other stuff too. You know, David Carruthers has donated a year of coaching with him separate from the $100 million makeover. So he's going to do a year of coaching one-on-one hour coaching calls once a month. Um, and a few more surprises. We'll have to wait and see. So if you are going to go to an event in the first part of 2021, it definitely needs to be this one. I agree. Guys, we got a lot to talk about. My mission on this podcast every day is to do one thing and one thing only, and that is to help you row that, that lifeboat, that rowboat towards the lighthouse to grow your agency, to become a better agency. And I feel very confident that we have somebody on here today that is going to be able to help you. I am super excited to have this guest on the show today. He and I have been doing some work together the past couple of weeks. He's been helping my agency get better. And without further ado, I want to give him the introduction that he's always deserved. Ladies and gentlemen, he was born, raised, and lives in Carlinville, Illinois. He is the Senior Risk Advisor and Agency Claims Manager at Bailey Family Insurance. Ladies and gentlemen, It is my profound honor today to introduce to you first-time guest on the IGP. Please put your hands together and welcome the incomparable Mr. John Drum. How are you, John? I'm doing great, Scott, and uh, I thank you for that. I'll be downloading that podcast, saving that snippet, and that is my new ringtone from now until the end of time. John, let me tell you why I wanted you on this podcast. Two reasons. Number one, currently in the insurance world, especially with us independent agencies, and I'm going to say captive agencies as well because I know they're going through the same thing. We have a pandemic on our hands that is not COVID-19. And you and I have talked about this at length. I've been on the phone with multiple insurance carrier adjuster managers to talk about this. But we have a situation right now that we're at DEFCON 5 in in the insurance industry regarding claims service, and it has reached pandemic levels across just about every carrier that we represent in our agency and yours. And I don't believe I've ever met someone that is as passionate and as good at handling claims and the claims process as you. So I wanted to have you on here today for you and I to have a conversation about number one, what we're seeing going on in the industry right now. 
And then to talk to these agents about our claims process that you and I talked about a couple of weeks ago. So thank you so much for being here, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Scott. Let's you and I kind of walk these agents through what you and I are seeing right now in terms of the pandemic that is servicing of claims by carriers right now and what's happened to kind of cause and create where we are today. This is not something that started overnight. It's something that's kind of matriculated to where we are today. Talk a little bit about what you've seen and I'll do the same. So I think the ideal scenario is we write the insurance contract and something happens that is a covered claim. We would report the claim to the insurance carrier. And then from there, our job would be done. We would hand our client off to the carrier. The claims handler would be the uh, premier point of contact. They'd be in constant communication with the client on here's what's uh, taking place. Here's what's going on from the start of the claim until the claim was closed. The claim would get closed and the next step for us would be getting the email that says the claim's been closed. Here's the total amount of the payout. That's the dream. Uh, however, that's not the reality that we're in. And there's a number of factors that, that play into that. But what we're hearing is what's going on? Well, how come no one has contacted me? Right. How come I can't get in a rental car? How come my rental car has expired and my car's not fixed? Uh, who's supposed to be coming out here and, and uh, handling, uh, writing these estimates? And so what's happening is there's a great breakdown in communication from the carrier to the client on what's happening. And we have to become a go-between to help make sure that that not only that the client feels like, hey, my insurance agent still cares, but also to make sure that we can get quick resolution uh, to move on to everything else that we have to do in an insurance agent. So while contractually we're not obligated to assist in claims and we're not licensed and in, in given uh, training in those things, we have to, if we're going to be people of integrity, know uh, how to get involved to help the claims process get from filing the claim to the claim being closed. I could not agree with everything that you just said more. The only other thing that I will add that seems to be a recurring theme as it relates to both property and auto claims in my agency is the one thing I hear from clients is I cannot get the adjuster to call me back or I've emailed the adjuster and I can't get the adjuster to to email me back. That's a very big part of this. And I want to explain kind of what's happened and Bradley, feel free to jump in here and help out with this, but what's kind of happened in the insurance industry. I don't believe that there was any malice, any thing that was done by insurance carriers that intentionally created where we are today, but whatever transpired over the past two to three years, what we find, where we find ourselves today is we have a large number of really good seasoned adjusters, staff adjusters, and in some case, independent adjusters who are doing one of two things. Well, three things, really. Number one, they are sick and tired of dealing with homeowners and people that have auto claims yelling and screaming at them about their claim, and they are just burned out. The number of adjusters with some carriers 
was reduced at some point to try and I think kind of a cost saving measure. And so what that did was it put stacks and stacks and stacks of claims on adjusters desks that were great adjusters. But once they got to this point where they used to be handling 25 claims at, the, at, a, at a time, now they're handling 100, they kind of threw their hands up in the air and they're like, you know what, this ain't worth all this. I'm going to do something else. So when that happened and you hire a new adjuster, it takes somewhere between six to eight months to fully train an adjuster because this is not an easy job. Being an insurance adjuster is not easy. It is a hard job. You have to have a little bit of that sales mentality too, to be great at it. Every, everybody you're dealing with is going through a life crisis that in Correct. that moment is regardless of how difficult is the worst thing they've ever dealt with. Correct. And there's a lot of emotion. Emotions are very high. And so when things aren't going to go the way that they should or contractually, maybe the company's not obligated to pay, those emotions then turn into anger. And after years and years and years of dealing with these people that are angry, mad, screaming, yelling, I think a lot of adjusters are just at this point where they're like, you know what, I'm going to go do something else. I can't do this anymore. The second thing that's happened, John, is you've got a lot of adjusters that are looking into being a PA, a private adjuster, or maybe doing something along the lines of uh, appraisals, which are not quite as emotional. You don't have that that same raw intensity of emotion. So you don't have to get yelled and screamed at by an agent. You don't have to get yelled and screamed at by a client, but whatever the factors that occurred were today, where we are, where we sit today is as an agency owner, we're all having to kind of redesign our claims process and do, as you said earlier, more handholding through that process to make sure, and this is something Bradley taught me a long time ago, that's always stuck with me, and it's called managing expectations. And that's one thing I talk to my people about now as it relates to claims is we've got to get out ahead of this from the time that the loss is reported so that we don't make statements or have things happen that are only going to make matters worse. Do you, you, you see what I'm saying, John? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we, you want to frame from the very beginning, once you hear about the claim, you want to frame the pathway that the claim can take because the client, so two scenarios, one, it's not my fault. They owe me money. That can be true, but they owe you money in the eyes of the court, the amount of time and resources and money that it would spend for you to go through a court case and, and have that settlement done is, is forever long. So what we're going to try to do with the insurance policy is if we're going to file as a third party is try to expedite that process. But here's the realistic timeline that we're looking at. Just because you're owed it doesn't mean you're owed it right now. Right. And then the other thing would be if maybe I was the at fault party and I have all the right coverages, there are still things such as uh, claim handler workloads, uh, inability to get parts. And one of the big things that I'm seeing, especially on the auto side, is claims propensities through the roof and claims complexities through the roof. I, I have a windshield that almost touched $2,000 uh, because of all the sensors that go into it. So if the client you know, either has never had a claim or they haven't had a claim in 10 years, it's a much different 
journey that we're going to go through. And if we can start with saying, here is what our options are, here's what to expect, and this is what our role is in the agency helping you, you can take even a bad claims experience, but the customer will be able to separate, did my insurance agent let me down or did my insurance carrier let me down? And I think that's a big thing, especially on the independent side that we want to separate ourselves from. I agree. So a couple of things I also want to mention that are problems right now. Now, when I started in insurance in 2008, every carrier that I ever worked for had what we called staff adjusters. They were property and auto adjusters that zoomed around every city in the U.S. in their little uh, whatever car the carrier gave them. They knew the contract backwards and forwards because they represented one carrier. And, you know, if Mr. and Miss Johnson had a a, a homeowner's claim at their house, that property adjuster, that staff adjuster was the one that showed up, answered all their questions, which they had a thousand and met with them and explained the process. And it was uh, at that time seemed to be a pretty, pretty good process that carriers had. Now, today, we fast forward to 2021, we have certain carriers, not going to mention any names, that are going to what we call a pool adjuster scenario. So if you call a claim in on Monday, you get one adjuster, you may have some questions on Wednesday, that that will be a different person that probably answers that call, and you kind of have to start all over. The second thing that I've seen that's been a really big problem is most of these carriers are now hiring what they call third-party inspectors. Mm-hmm. So the adjuster does not really even go out to the house. It's a third-party inspector that does the measurements, takes the pictures, sends those to the adjuster. So Mr. and Miss Johnson are eagerly awaiting you to pull up in your little car that has the whatever logo all over it. Instead, they get somebody that pulls up that's like, Hey, I'm just here to take pictures and do some measurements. You'll have to talk to your adjuster about that. It's just different. And in most cases, not what it was 10 years ago. Now, all of that to say this, guys, and Bradley, feel free to jump in here. But John and I got on a call two weeks ago, and we were both kind of talking through some of the issues that we had been having. And let now what I'd like to do is get you, John, to kind of help me go through our claims process, which is very similar to yours. You're the one that kind of baked the cake for me and talk a little bit about start to finish from notice notice of loss to 30 days out, what you guys do to make sure that if anybody's going to get blamed for not answering calls, not answering emails, things aren't going well, it ain't going to be us. Yeah, we've evaluated and we think there's really four different uh, types of claims. There are going to be claims where the customer called us and said, hey, I had a loss, need to file a claim. There can be a claim that they reported it to the carrier and um, we're just getting notified and we have not had an upfront conversation with the insured. There can be a claim where it's a clear third-party claim where we know that either A, they're going to be the at-fault party, or B, we don't have the right kind of coverages uh, on a liability-only auto that if we're going to get anything, it's going to have to go third-party. And then there are potential claims, which maybe it's covered, maybe it's not covered. So we map out um, a similar journey for all four of them, uh, but we kind of say there's four different types of claims that every agency uh, will experience. 
for the very first conversation that we end up having with the client is setting expectations. We're fact-finding and getting the information, um, how bad's the damage, what's going on. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to get as much information as possible to be able to say, here is the path or the journey this is going to go through and the potential hiccups you may have. So quick example, if you got hit in a he said, she said, and your car's totaled sitting at a tow yard, there's a good chance I'm going to say, suck it up, pay the money, get it out of the tow yard. Because while they argue this back and forth, you're paying $50 a day in storage fees. Right. And carriers are now going to cap how much that is. So, if I don't say anything about that and I just let the insurance carriers work it out, what's happening is the client three weeks later is saying, why am I on the hook for two, three, four thousand dollars $4,000? So we would set expectations and say, this is what we would like for you to do. We also uh, will let them know that they're going to get a text message and an email from us. The text message is the same thing as the first paragraph is the email, and it's going to say, this is your claim, your claim number, your adjuster's name, and how to get a hold of your adjuster. I want them to be able to have that information uh, the same day. The email is going to have a couple other points with it. If uh, We'll talk about it, but then also put in the email, if there's something in the policy we feel like may impact the claim. So you are a single auto household with his, uh, two drivers, and we have a, a, a non-drivable car, but you elect not to have car rental. We're going to address that and uh, be upfront with it. Uh, we're going to talk to them about wanting to have uh, an emergency contact, uh, why that's important. We're going to talk to them about being a full-service agency and things with life insurance. And then the last thing, well, not the last thing, but one of the things we always make sure we let them know is we will be checking in on you once a week for the next 30 days. So if we do not hear from you, we're going to assume that things are going well. If things are not going well, you need to let us know, but we will check in on you because we want things to be going well for you. And so uh, that's, we filed the claim. And then again, we're hoping for that uh, dream scenario that between the client and the uh, adjuster, we can get everything worked out and we don't have to be involved. And then we're just checking in once a week because they know that we care. So if one of those text messages gets get respond to and says, I haven't heard anything, we have a very simple process. Uh, we call the adjuster. We almost always get a voicemail. Um, and then uh, from that point, we leave them a uh, voicemail. And especially if the uh, client has indicated they've tried to reach out multiple times, we're identifying whoever that claims handler's manager is. There's a couple of different creative ways we've had to find that out. And they both get an email. And, and it's um, to the point, we try to take the emotions out of it. This customer contacted us. They have not heard anything. Can you please let us know where we're at in the claims process. If it's easier for you to return a call, you can. If it's easier for you to email, feel free to e email us back. So whether that is going to take some prodding from the supervisor to get a response, um, whether or not the adjuster looks at it and says, oh man, my supervisor got tagged on this, we better get in touch with them. It's what we have done to make sure as soon as that email goes out, we reply to that text message to the client and say, we have called, left a voicemail and emailed your uh, claim handler, who's this person, their supervisor, who is this person, hope to hear back something soon. And that process has taken a lot of heat off of us 
Because what the client sees is here's my agent going to bat for me. Right. Here's my agent trying to make sure that it it flows. So sometimes uh, we have to explain to a client and say, we unfortunately do not get to write the checks out of the office for the claims. It has to be one of these two people we've identified. They're the person holding the money. We are working diligently with them. And uh, so we'll do that all the way up to about the 30-day mark. Hopefully most of our claims are uh, being at least to the finishing point by then. And every claim gets closed out with an email asking for a Google review. And the email basically says, we made a promise to you when you took out this policy uh, that we'd be there for you when you needed us. If we were there, please don't keep it a secret. Let people know because more than what our rates are, we want to be known for taking care of our customers. So they have, uh, they'll get that message. They'll have the option to click on it and leave a, a Google review uh, with their claims experience. And then the final step would be whenever we're told what the payout is, we, we would record that. So, John, let's go back for just a second because I want to make sure all of these agents have a full understanding of what we're doing. And my, my claims process is almost identical to yours. I think uh, the one differentiator, we are going to start sending out something on day three every week, the same day that the claim occurred. So if it was mm -hmm. like a Wednesday this week, then next Wednesday, you guys would reach back out. We're going yep. – you know, today and then three days from now, uh, you know, we're going to send out something else saying, hey, it's has the adjuster contacted you. But tell everybody on the call, like how we're automating this process so that it's not so yeah, employee cumbersome to be doing this for everybody. Yeah. So we build our automation through agency Zoom. Yep. Uh, we uh, are really big into technology and they have the ability to uh, have your automation set up like a, like a drip campaign. And that's what those text messages are set up. So I don't forget to send them out. It's all being done behind the scenes. And all that I'm hearing is either, hey, things are going great, which, you know, we love to hear, or, hey, things aren't going great. You know, there are a lot of people that... you you'd be surprised the number of people that just ignore it. And I, I, at that point in time, we assume that things are going well, uh, but we're not manually going in. If you're hearing this and saying, hey, there's just no way we have time for that. There actually, if you can commit the upfront time uh, and make the investment to say, hey, let's build out our claims process, it'll do it automatically for you. Right. Your customers, if you do your verbiage correctly, are, are none the wiser. And honestly, all they care about is you're a person that is doing what you said that you would do at a time that they, they need an expert now. You know, they need somebody that knows, is this a fair time frame, not a fair time frame? Am, am I um, overreacting? You know, uh, what's kind of going on? And they have that constant connection with you. So they don't feel like I'm being left out in the wind like they do when it's no, I haven't heard anything. No, no one's called me back. They have somebody that is giving them uh, the feeling of, you know, what you have going on that's the most important thing in your life is also important to us. Right. And so are you typically, let's say a policyholder calls and they have a property damage claim at their house for something, doesn't matter what, fire, water damage, you know, tornado, wind damage. Are you typically holding their hand on the phone while you call the carrier together or are you simply giving them that number? How, how does that work for you guys? 
I'll take all the information. Uh, we'll take all the information up front and then we'll call the claim in uh, to the um, to the carrier because there's when you do it for as long as I've done it, there's specific things that I really want to make sure are imparted to the carrier. So I once upon a time worked for a company that took that ability away that you could not uh, call it in, that it had to be the customer. And I can tell you that the claims intake people didn't have the right uh, bedside manner to really work with people in distress. Right. Um, so we want to was wrong with those people. <laughs> yeah. That's the kind I, of stuff that triggers me. Like, yeah. like I was, I told Kenneth in here the other day, I was like every difficult situation that you get into in, in the agency, whether it's claims related or not, like what, what should help you decide what, like what's best for the customer? What's going to make this easier on the customer? And right. then everything else goes up. You know what I mean? That's a CYA mentality, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. The Sorry. idea was, and, and the idea was we can get things done quicker because we'll get all the information we need from the client directly and we won't have to get some of it from the agent and then contact the client. Um, we have found that getting all the pertinent information up front, um, making sure that we're the person uh, that they're hearing from about uh, the, the claim and expectations is better. And when the claims adjuster calls, they can fill in the gaps. Like we don't always get absolutely everything they need. I'll get you uh, everything that is pertinent and some other details you can follow up with. But that is something that we're collecting and, and getting those things turned in. Gotcha. Well, at what point in time, because I know the answer here in my agency is we have a standing order that when an insured reaches boiling point, screaming, yelling, mad, upset, that's when we get Scott involved, got, you know, pull handle in case of fire kind of thing. And, and lately that's been happening quite a bit. I won't sit here and lie. It's more often than I've ever seen it happen in the past. When do you get Mark involved or do you get him involved in terms of somebody is just all the things y'all do, they're still not happy. They're, they're, they're upset with the, the way the claim's going. Does that ever happen? It, it does happen. Um, it's, it's currently happening uh, right now on a claim. As we and speak. And <laughs> as at, literally today, um, as we speak, it is, it is taking place. So typically what I'll do is if they ask for Mark specifically, and Mark Bailey's our agency owner. So if they ask for Mark specifically, I will go to Mark and I have the claim file, which uh, has all the details. And I'll tell Mark, here's everything that's going on. Yeah. And then Mark, it's his agency. They're his clients has the first right of refusal to say, hey, I'll give them a quick call. Or, you know, I think that, you know, let them know that I'm busy or or um, that you're handling it well. There's nothing that he can do to truly help. But he, he typically will call the client. One of the things I really like working with Mark and where we're finding success, and I would encourage other agents, if you have a specified person working your claims, is Mark always has my back on things and trusts our process because we built it out together. So if someone's asking for Mark, we have a general understanding. And it's not because John's going to get in trouble. What they're trying to do is they're trying to get something that they think that the owner of the agency may have the authority to get that John doesn't have. Uh, but Mark does a great job supporting me, not only in our working relationship, but with to the client. So what he'll, he'll reiterate the same things. Well, I understand, and it's frustrating, but as John said, this is the process. 
And what has happened is instead of those claims having to keep coming back to Mark, they start to understand, okay, well, I'm getting the same answer from what's going on at the very top of the agency and who I'm working with with John. It's okay to trust John. And so Mark does a really good job uh, with that, um, which allows him to continue to do the things that he wants to focus on um, and empowers us to be able to help clients. So if they ask for him or we haven't had this, but if I think that there was a situation that we may be filing an E&O claim because something's not going right, then obviously we're going to Mark and saying, hey, this is well past normal. We need you to get involved. Gotcha. And overall, tell me this, as of today, how long have you had your current claims process in place? Uh, no, I'd say six months. And the claims process that you just went over with them, the once a week touching base. Mm-hmm. The 30-day survey, has it made the, has it streamlined your claims process now that y'all started this automated process? And is it got to the point now where it's taken a lot of the load off your shoulders that you used to have prior to this? So it has, I could not say that it's taken uh, a lot of the load always off. What it's done is it's made a better customer experience for the pandemic that you're talking about us going through, which is helping with retention, which is helping with uh, the other thing. Part of our process is if I, you know, I was telling you, I drive 50, 50 minutes to work every day. If I got taken out by a semi on the interstate at that day, if every single one of our claims called in, anyone on the team could get in there and see what's been going on and what's been taking place. And so from that standpoint, absolutely has made all the difference in the world. We're getting more business coming in the door because when people see the Google reviews, there is people talking about price, but there's people talking about, I have this horrific claims experience and they were there for me. And those are the things that are, we're the most proud of. And we're saying these are really the fruits of our labor. You know, sometimes when you ask somebody uh, once a week, hey, how's everything going? They'll divulge things to you that maybe they wouldn't have told you if you wouldn't have asked. So yeah, there's a a little more there, but uh, really from a standpoint to say, are we answering the call that we said we would answer when we wrote the insurance contract? Are we doing that? And I can definitively say that we are, and we're doing it in a way that is not so time consuming that we can still grow the agency. Right. Well, I'm going to tell you this, as somebody who has spent close to $40,000 on insurance over the past 10 years in, in my own house, and, I, and I'm no different than anybody else out here on the street, right? I'm, I've got the house, four cars. When I have a claim, which happens about once every 10 years, I have a home claim. And about once every 10 years, I have an auto claim. I expect somebody to be there for me relative to answering the phone when I call responding to an email in a timely fashion doesn't have to be the 10 seconds, but you know, within a day or so or less, I think all those things are where somehow some way, and I don't want to get into the nuts and bolts of how it happened from the carrier to the client. We've kind of diverged off the road and we've kind of started going in a different direction so now the only solution that Scott has, because I don't run an insurance carrier, I'm not the CEO, I'm not on the board of directors, I don't answer to Wall Street, I don't have the earnings expectations I have to meet. The only thing I can control as an agency owner is how those claims get handled from our office side so that at least if this thing ends up in court or goes bad, 
they can't say, well, everybody screwed us in this. Everybody. At least they can say, hey, I, I don't agree with what the carrier did, but I will say this. I protect insurance, answered the phone every time I called, and I know for a fact they worked as hard as they could to try to help me. And that's all I can do, right? Absolutely. And uh, your customers will see that. You can't get the outcome that they desire if they see that you're working it. Uh, the great thing about being independent is, hey, let's get through it the best we can. And maybe this isn't the right carrier for you. Right. Um, and then we, we have options. And instead of uh, then we can keep it in house and maybe we just move it to a different carrier instead of them picking up the phone and saying, I got to go anywhere because, you know, for us, Bailey Family Insurance just could not get me taken care of. And everyone that they're going to call is going to say, oh, that'll never happen here. You know, <laughs> uh, so we, but we, we were really big into that. You know, Mark and I came from claims experience backgrounds before we, he opened the agency and we want to do it right from writing the policy. But then also when it comes claim time, like let's have a phenomenal experience. Um, and if we can do that, that will help out as much as any other factor in the agency with retention and growth is is being there for the client when they need it the most. I agree. I think everything you guys are saying is on point. I think it's it's a matter, you know, I told a claims rep during Hurricane Sally with a carrier that gloriously just screwed things up. Lack of proper expectations and lack of communication makes everything worse. Yep. Every like, time. If you're in claims, maybe you're in a position where you can't really go but you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, these guys are making so much sense. Like that's the two areas you could improve. If I could impart two things on every claims representative, set expectations and communicate. Yep. That's it. You're delivering bad news, but you follow up and you communicate and there's no lack of communication. Like that's, you've done what you can do. You know, there's unfortunately there are situations we're in a business that we can't show up today at our office and say, Hey, insurance is 15% off today. We can't control. There's you know, majority of what we deal with in our product. We cannot control. Right. So the, the one thing we can control though, is our communication level to the customer and our expectations that we set. I, I agree. I'll, I'll say this, you know, the only reason that people buy an insurance policy is the expectation when something happens, they're going to be made whole again. If, if it weren't for that, then there would be no insurance carriers out there. There would be no insurance because at that point it becomes a Ponzi scheme. And I'm not saying that that's what's going on. I think claims are still being handled and I think they're being done as expeditiously as they can. But the situation we've gotten ourselves into in this pandemic is you have multiple, multiple events, natural disasters happen. You have a higher frequency of auto claims happening. You have all these things going on at one time that are stacking on top of one another. And then at the base level, you've got great claims adjusters. Some of them are dear friends of mine retiring and saying, you know what? I've had all this shit I'm going to take. I am done. And you cannot hire enough people uh, per carrier to manage and handle claims to get them in the field fast enough. And, and, it, and then it becomes kind of a circular reference, right? Because they're not the, the people you are hiring aren't trained yet. Can't just stick them out there and let them go without training them. And then these claims are stacking up on somebody's desk and all of these pissed off clients are calling and emailing and, and agents are calling, you know, cause their claims, the one most important claim. And then the next thing, you know, the person, we just had a situation in Tennessee with a carrier 
they hire an adjuster, property adjuster for Tennessee, and he quits in three weeks. Three weeks. I had a property adjuster manager tell me two weeks ago, it is so bad right now. We cannot even get on somebody's ass that isn't doing the right thing as an adjuster for fear that that person will leave. Do you hear what I'm saying? Like you can't even, you clients calling, called me last week. I'm going to have this guy's job. I'm like, no, you're not because he's the only one working in the state of Alabama right now. I can promise you, you're not going to have his job. That's how bad this has gotten. And so I don't know what the carriers are going to need to do. That's on them. I don't have a podcast for carriers other than to say this. They're going to have to do something to to dam up the water that's that's out there right now in terms of the claims experience that people are getting. But all I know is, is agencies out there, all of the 250,000 insurance agents listening right now, the most important thing that we can do is set expectations, do what we say we're going to be do, that we're going to do and be there for our clients when a claim does occur and hold their hand through that process and try our best to help them through that. Would you agree with that, John? Oh, absolutely, Scott. And um, we're not anti-carrier or, or anti-claims uh, adjusters. No. I mean, you're doing a great job saying like, hey, the problem's here. Uh, however it got here, it got here. One of the things that I would also encourage if you're calling on a claim that we have found success with is, so my father-in-law was an Allstate uh, claim rep for 30 years and one of my best friend's mothers with a, another major carrier. So I know when we get around the Thanksgiving day table, what they're experiencing on their side. So when I, when I call, what I try to say is, what do we have to do to get this across the finish line? What do you need to close this claim? You got a thousand other claims on your desk. This client's mad. I'm already taking like, so what is it? Do you need to get an estimate? What do I need to do to help you so that I'm taking care of the client? We can get the claim closed. Like what's stopping you from getting resolution and we'll work with the adjuster and the um, insured in some of those situations. Should we have to, you can debate that all you want. But what we have found is then what, when I start to email into that adjuster and say, here's where we're up in this process, they know, okay, resolution, here we go. Let's get this one closed. We have a lot more. So we really do try to let the adjusters know, we'll help you if you need help with the claim. Give me some specifics. Please answer and return phone calls to my client, uh, but we're all in it, it together. So we also try to do that when we call in. You know, the other thing I've noticed, John Bradley, and, and I again, I, I'm not speaking about any carrier in particular. We write a lot of insurance through a lot of carriers. I had an old adjuster tell me one time, he said, you know what the easiest thing in the world to, to do is, Scott? And I said, what's that? And he said, write a check. And I don't know about the 250,000 agents that are out there, but one thing I've noticed in the past six months is it seems like there's a lot less desire by adjusters to just write a check and let it go away. And I'm not talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars. I'm talking about a couple thousand dollar check that might make this whole thing go away. But instead, we're going to be right rather than be happy kind of thing. And I'm hoping beyond hope that carriers have not taken the position now where they are, and I'm hearing rumblings about this second podcast. Y'all heard me talk about this. I hope beyond hope that they are not bonusing staff adjusters, non-CAT adjusters for not paying out as much on a claim or for tamping down the amount paid out because that is bad faith. That is not part of the unilateral contract. I hope that's not happening. 
but I do know that there have been a couple of times in the past three months where I've had some claims and in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, you do realize for not very much at all, you could make this go away. And instead they just want to continue going down this road of let's scrimmage, let's box, you know, you're, you're doling out moral convictions to why the homeowner should have done this, should have done that, should have reported the claim earlier, da, 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 da. And the whole time I'm thinking, man, there's a whole lot of people out there rather be right than be happy. Would you agree with that, John? Yeah, I, I think that we uh, get into that situation. Obviously, I think there's some jugular issues that if it's not a covered peril, it's not a covered peril. But ultimately, in an ability to, I think, what we hear is the profit margins are so thin because the losses are so high. Um, we're trying to pinch pennies anywhere we can pinch pennies and to say, we're not saving any money, though. If you're right. still working the claim and you're yeah. still putting man hours behind it and we're, we're still working it and you're hiring out these parts, like we haven't saved uh, any money by doing this. And so you're right. The easiest thing is to write a check. And what we try to really work with the adjusters is say, how do we get it done mm. to get the check to, and, and, and let's move on to where the next things are. But uh, yeah, to, to your point, I really think that uh, we don't want to get into a situation where we the, the culture is only pay what we absolutely have to right, um, right. and get That's various because right. the I don't know if you've noticed on your social media the independent adjusters who are coming for coming with that narrative are becoming more and more popular and all that does is make my job harder hey I'll tell you one thing Bradley you know how what a hard time insurance agents are having hiring people right now go call any adjuster working for any carrier right now or independent adjuster and offer them a position as a, you know, risk management consultant for your agency. And you'd have 4,000 resumes in your email box next day. If you did that, you may have more than what you would want. (laughs) I agree. Hey, John, thank you for being on the show today, brother. This was a topic that I wanted to quickly get out there because it's, it's a pandemic and I want people to know that they're not the only ones going through this. I had a lady call me last week. Actually, I was on a Zoom call with her. I started talking about this pandemic that we're going through called claim service with carriers, right? And she said, oh my gosh, yesterday, guy comes in my office threatening to go to the local news media to tell his story about this claim that got mishandled by the carrier. And she's, you know, about to cry, it seemed like. And she's like, I'm trying to tell him, when you go to the local news media, I'm going to get lumped in with that. So now I'm going to be all over the television and I've done nothing but try to help in this situation. So it's a very slippery slope here where we have to be careful not to get lumped in when things don't go well or or the expectations aren't met. You know, we still want to be the hero in this or try to be, even if the carrier, for whatever reason, that claims just not being handled quickly enough, efficiently enough, not saying they're not, not paying. I'm just saying it just seems to be there are a lot of disconnects right now that we didn't have five or 10 years ago. Yeah. And that's kind of where I'm at with it right now. But guys, I understand each and every one of you out there, you got to fight the good fight. It's like, uh, you know, sometimes you feel like you're in one of these movies where you're the one out there with a sword trying to like you're in Patriot with, you know, you're running around trying to help all these people as much as you can. And I know for myself, Sometimes it's very hard when you go home at night and you've been yelled at two or three times that day by somebody that's the claim is just not going the way that they feel like it should go. But if you'll follow some of the rules we talked about today, John, I feel like you're probably the best in the business at handling claims. The more I hear you talk to people, 
what you say to people, you're saying and doing all the right things. And that, my brother, is why you were on this podcast today. Congratulations and great, great job. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Bradley Flowers, I love you, brother. Guys, as, as, as I end every podcast, rewards come from action, not discussion. Get your ass out from behind that desk today and go out into the big, bad world. Make money for your family, for your wife, for your kids, for your husband, for your parents that are out there struggling today. Go make money for them. Write good business for the agencies that you represent. Write good business for the companies that you represent. And make sure, if nothing else, you hold their hand through this claims process and make sure that you do everything you can for that person that's struggling with his claim, which, by the way, is the biggest thing going on in their life right now. Wasn't yesterday, wasn't 10 months ago, but now insurance is all over their mind. Make sure that you're doing the best you can for them. Bradley Flowers, I love you, brother. Thanks, man. John, we love you too, man. Anytime you want back on, we'll have you. We'd love to have you back on the podcast. That was great. Thanks, Bradley. Thanks, Scott. Guys, you were listening to the Insurance Guys podcast, and we love each and every one of you. Thank you for being a part of our family, and we'll see you back here real soon. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. If you need to know more about me or you need to get in touch with Scott, you can always reach me at theinsuranceguyonline.com or email me at scott at iprotectinsurance.com. And if you need to get in touch with Mr. Bradley Flowers, go to portalinsurance.com or email him at bradley at portalinsurance.com. Guys, we love you. We thank you so much for listening to our show and being a part of our family. And we look forward to seeing you again next week on the next episode of the Insurance Guys podcast. Take care.